we need to cultivate that relationship with ourselves where you have that emotional isolation and you get to figure out who am I? What actually makes me happy? This episode is brought to you by Discam. Hello, Wisdom and Wellness family. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Wisdom and Wellness podcast. Thank you so much for continuing to watch, to listen, be it on Spotify, on YouTube, or wherever you watch your watch or listen to your podcast. I really, we really appreciate um, you guys supporting us and we appreciate the comments and we appreciate you just interacting and loving on our guests. So it's another week and can you believe it? We are actually almost a week away from our fest, our unlimited festival which is sold out by the way and I cannot wait to meet so many of you I cannot wait to be in the same space I cannot wait to honestly have an unlimited time but before that I want to get into today's podcast today's podcast is actually titled self-love and boundaries Um, before that let me announce our book our current book I know it's a bit late but looking at the festival and when we announced our January book I think it's still a good time to announce our February slash our March book we are going to be reading the long-awaited drumroll eight rules of love by Jay Shetty now I know for a fact based on our statistics and everything else that most people who listen to our podcast love Jay Shetty. I absolutely love him. I am inspired by his work, inspired by his podcast, inspired by his books and just his whole contribution to the media, the social space and even just the mental health platforms. So we are reading Eight Rules of Love by Jay Shetty. How to find it, keep it and let it go. He did do... um a slight introduction on his podcast as well. Um, so if you want to listen to that, go check it out. But this is the book that we're reading. You can get it on any bookstores, wherever you buy your, your, your books from. So we are speaking about self-love and boundaries. Now, why I decided to, I guess, get into that topic, I mean, it is the month of love, but this year on my 29th birthday, which was the 23rd of January, I woke up. And I said to myself, actually, I think I like myself. Now, it sounds like such a simple thing to say or, duh, aren't you supposed to like yourself or isn't that supposed to be natural? But it hasn't always been the case for me. Um, It's not like I didn't, and I think I've spoken about this quite a few times. It's not that I hated myself or I lacked confidence, but I always felt like I had to fix myself. There's certain things that I need to do better, which is okay. I still believe in growth. There's still some character that needs to be built in me. But for the most part, I am content and I love me and I love spending time with me and I realized how I got to this place is that for the last four years or so I have spent a significant amount of time with myself before I don't think I ever really did but and this is why I always advocate for being part of the 5am club because naturally you wake up early your phone's quiet, the kids are quiet, family's quiet, everybody's sleeping, the world is shut down, Instagram, nobody's online. So it's kind of just you and God and you and the sky and you and nature and you and yourself. And so for the last four years, that's what I've been doing. And I've managed to spend so much time with myself. Initially, it was very, very uncomfortable and it's like awkward. You want to fiddle on your phone, you want to listen to music. But I learned to just be with myself in quietness and over time I learned that I really like myself. As a result, this year I spent my birthday by myself. Well, the most of my birthday. In the morning I was obviously with the kids and my husband and then I went on 
to a spa and I spent the whole day at a spa by myself. Got a massage. I had lunch by myself. I went to the jacuzzi, the steam room. I spent the entire day by myself and I was actually gushing and blushing because, oh my gosh, who's this girl? I like her so much. I like spending time with her. And then later I spent time with my husband. But yeah, so that's the basis of speaking on love, self-love and boundaries is that I think I'm at a place where I, I love myself. And don't get me wrong, I still have those moments where I have to catch myself and say, hey, you're not being kind to self. Hey, don't say that about yourself. Don't look at yourself like that. But for the most part, I am okay with me. Now, as I started reading this book, Eight Rules of Love by Jay Shetty, I wanted to read this opening quote. Um, so he split up the book basically into parts, into four parts. Solitude, compatibility, healing, and connection. And by solitude, he's obviously speaking about spending time with self. And he says, this is the quote, sort of the opening quote. He says, we prepare for love by learning how to be alone and learning from our past relationships how to improve our next one. Alone, we learn to love ourselves, to understand ourselves, to heal our own pain and to care for ourselves. I'm going to read it again. We prepare for love by learning how to be alone and learning from our past relationships how to improve our next one. Alone, we learn to love ourselves, to understand ourselves, to heal our pain, and to care for ourselves. So let's get into a little bit of story time about relationships, okay? All sorts of relationships, but obviously, I think let's lean in more into the romantic relationships because those, one, those ones are always spicy, and that's the ones everybody enjoys. So growing up, obviously, I got married very young, got married at 22, going on 23, started dating my husband at... 19 at 20 yeah somewhere there <laughs> no 21 somewhere there 19 20 I was a child okay that's the most important thing but throughout my high school and varsity I dated quite a lot no actually let me not say quite a lot I dated right but I was always that person who when I meet a boy I have planned my wedding like I can see the dress I can see the shoes I'm already practicing the signature. I'm trying to make my name rhyme with his surname. Like I was that kind of data. So I considered all my relationships serious. Like I can't think of one relationship where for me it was just the fling or I'm just getting to know. No, see, Jola, it's a serious thing. I don't know about the other parties, but <laughs> on my end, it has always been a serious thing. So in all my relationships, um, I got into them with a the serious thing, thinking that this, this person is going to marry me. Um, this person is the one for me, going to build a family. And obviously, it didn't work out with all of them except my husband. And unfortunately, um, I think because of a few insecurities and um, just lack of knowing self, and I just think immaturity, and it's natural as teenagers to, to not really know ourselves and to not be confident in who we are and to not be firm in our no's and firm in our yeses and firm in what we want. We're almost naturally pe people pleasers um, as teenagers, especially in your adolescent stage. Like you want people to like you. You want your friends to like you. You want to fit in. Like that's just a natural phase of life, right? So that's how I was in my, in, in my dating as well. I wanted them to like me. So I will do... 
I will basically make sure that I'm impressing. And you guys know the story about the guy who used to call me once a week on a Friday at like 1am in the morning and I believed him. So I don't even have to go through that story, but I thought that guy loved me. Can you imagine thinking that? Um, so even when I went to Varsity, I had another serious relationship. The guy was from back home. And during holidays, like I'm in Varsity, I'm supposed to be meeting new people. And here I am thinking about this person. Luckily, I still focused on school though. Like if you're going to take one thing from me is that I will be in love. I will have friends. I will have family. But my work is my work. My school is my work. So I'll always be focused. So that's one really, really good thing about me um, in the midst of my, of my being naive and everything. Um, and I saw I had this guy and I liked him. And he obviously broke my heart. And then I dated another guy and I thought it was serious. And he treated me like it was serious until I asked him to make things official. And he said it in my face. I have a girlfriend. And I'm like, hi, Bo, why wouldn't you say this all this time? And I was extremely heartbroken. But he was basically my breaking point. He was at a time where I think I had just gotten a bursary and a job offer at a bank. And I had a car and I was starting to get into myself, feeling really pretty. I had a bit of money and I realized, no, man, I'm the prize here. Why do I keep treating myself like I'm not the prize? Like I have to start treating myself like the prize. And that's when my boundaries went all the way up. And unfortunately, fortunately for Brendan, that's when he met me. When I was just like, are you in or are you out? Am I your girlfriend or am I not? Do you want to see me or do you not? If not, there's the door. And um, also, even with celibacy, he was the, that's when I came to him and I said, look, I'm not having sex with you because I'm waiting for the guy who's going to marry me. Been there, done that, not worth it. I'm serious with my walk, my walk with God. I'm serious about my purity. So if you want to be in my life, that's the way we're going. And he agreed and yeah, the rest is history. And not to say that our relationship didn't have um, like trouble. It was just like easy peasy because I had boundaries. It just made it so much easier because of those sexual boundaries. If I could zoom into that, we got to know each other as people first. Like first we became friends because trust me, if you are having sex all the time, you don't get to know the person. You don't get to see their faults because every time you break out in a fight, there's something that can just almost blind you from seeing the person's true character if you don't put those boundaries am i your girlfriend am i your boyfriend you could literally be with someone for five years and they will wake up and be telling you guti they've got somebody else so that's what boundaries kind of did for my relationship i mean it can be coincidental that when the boundaries went all up he was ready for me i was ready for him or the boundaries probably just worked <laughs> but um all this to say that I've made some dating mistakes and even with friendships, I've made some friendship mistakes with family. I've made some family in relationships as a whole. I think we all make mistakes if we don't have the foundation of self-love. Now, before I met my husband and during my varsity years, did I have self-love? I think I did to a certain extent, but I wasn't as intentional on learning about myself and on, on, on the things that I love, like that solitude that Jay Shetty speaks about, that we prepare for love by learning how to be alone. Now, before I met Brendan, I was single for some time, and that was that alone time where I got to basically prepare for love. It's not necessarily what I was doing. I didn't wake up and say, let's prepare for love, let's prepare for marriage, but it was... Um, um, 
let me work on me. Let me work on my career. Let me work on my, I started gym. Um, let me work on my body. Let me work on things I like, my, my favorites. That's when I started thinking of traveling, that I want to travel. And from those previous relationships, like you said, I'll go back, um, learning from our past relationships, how to improve our next one. As we learn to love ourselves, to understand ourselves, to heal our own pain and to care for ourselves. So from those previous relationships where, my previous partners made me feel like I'm not worth it, like there's somebody else who's better and I'm not the prize. I'm I'm not I'm just not worth their time. Like I learned from that that I never ever wanna be in a relationship or in a friendship or around people who make me feel like I'm not enough, you know? I think I've found myself in circles where I'm just like, Oh, geez, what am I doing here? I'm not enough. And so that time of solitude, that space allowed me to to almost kickstart my relationship. Um with myself. Now, fast forward to getting married. Um, I became pretty dependent on my husband. Um, not dependent necessarily like financially, but I wanted to be around him 24-7. Who needs friends? Who needs hobbies? Who needs this? I got my man. <laughs> and it was fun. I mean, we were 22, 23 when we got married. And I didn't have a lot um, going for me in my career. I was just starting out, finding my feet. So Wherever he went, I was there. Whatever he did, I was there. And I think it was kind of necessary for the time. But eventually, I had to find my own voice, my own space, and my own person outside of him. Because that can become really unhealthy when you no longer have friends or you no longer you no longer have hobbies. You no longer get to know yourself because you're just so attached to this one person, right? And then having children changed me. In fact, having my firstborn daughter, Nuri, and I found myself sitting and asking myself, outside being a mom, outside being a wife, who am I? What am I doing here? What is my, like, what is my life's purpose? And this started my journey of spending time with myself, that four-year journey of kickstarting that time with myself, that solitude, and that getting to know me. I really think that kickstarted my journey of getting to know me and growing in self-love. So thanks to having a baby, basically cramping my husband's style, I finally got to a moment where I was craving a love, but a love that comes from within and a love for me. Because ultimately what I realized is that my husband and my my children cannot feel, fill a void in my heart if I don't work on myself. And if I can't receive their love, then it's a problem. No matter how much love they can give me, no matter how much love people can give me, validation I can get, if I'm not able to receive it because of lack of love with me or lack of understanding or lack of healing in me, then it is pretty, pretty hard. On page 17, he says, in the book, he says, Jay Shetty says, the emotional isolation allowed me to develop and practice skills that are harder to access among the pleasures and pressures of a relationship. Now, if you don't know Jay Shetty's um, history, Jay Shetty is a monk, so he, he went away for about three years and spent a lot of time in isolation. And that's what he references here on page 17, that him being emotionally isolated. I mean, there were people around, but for the most part, they spent time by themselves. The emotional isolation allowed him to develop and practice skills that are harder to access among the pleasures and pressures of a relationship. Like I mentioned, a relationship is pleasure, especially when it's starting. It's, it's euphoria. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's heavenly. It's like all the, all the feelings you want, and it's amazing, and there's a time for that, but there's also a time where 
we need to cultivate that relationship with ourselves where you have that emotional isolation and you get to figure out who am I? What actually makes me happy? What actually um, pleases me? What makes me tick? Otherwise, you end up just being just an extra of, of your partner or you're just a yes man or no man to your friends or your family. So that's why I advocate, like I mentioned, I advocate so highly for the 5 a.m. club. Or if you like it, the 9 p.m. club where you get to spend time with yourself in in, in silence. So I took out some activities because um, obviously when I'm having a conversation with you guys, I like to get practical about it and give you some practical steps. And I took out some activities that he shared in his book, that Jay Shetty shared in the book, um, on some things that you can actually try alone. Like you can try this alone, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're single, you have kids, just find some time to, 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 to spend by yourself. And here are some options you can try. Going to the movies by yourself, going to dinner alone. If that feels a little awkward, try out a breakfast and try not have your phone or your AirPods. Or if you feel really awkward, have your AirPods on or your, 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 your headphones on and just put your phone away and just sit there and get to know yourself. Um, celebrate your birthday by yourself. As mentioned, when I started, I celebrated my 29th birthday by myself. This is the first ever birthday I celebrate by myself where, guys, I cannot explain how amazing it felt. I 100% recommend it. Like, parties are great. People are great. Love them. Love it. But spending a birthday by myself, life-changing. Or lastly, another option is taking a, a masterclass, going to an event alone, just to kind of sit with yourself. And then also ask yourself some questions like basically after spending some time alone, step aside afterwards and ask yourself, how did I feel spending lunch by myself, not being on my phone? Was I comfortable? Was I uncomfortable? If I was comfortable, what makes me comfortable? If I was uncomfortable, what is it about spending time with myself that makes me so uncomfortable? Or if I was irritated and, and panicky, what is it about being with yourself that makes you feel that way? And that I always think is the first step to healing, to evolving, to growing is being present, feeling the feelings, feeling the discomfort or feeling the comfort. And then afterwards asking yourself, why is it? Why should I do it more? Why should I do it less? Now, now that I've spoken a little bit about self-love, let's get to the boundaries part. I know you guys love this topic because every time I talk about boundaries or every time you guys see a quote or a video on boundaries, you guys are sending it in my DMs because we are the queen of boundaries. Um, not because we've mastered it, but because we are drilling it in our heads that we need boundaries. I've been vocal about how much I've struggled with setting boundaries and I don't always get it right, but where I have mastered it, my goodness, I cannot tell you about the freedom but before we move on to boundaries with other people it's also important to have boundaries with self that speaks to food that speaks to how we speak to ourselves that speaks to the discipline we have with ourselves because the same boundaries if we break our own boundaries to self then nobody else will respect our boundaries because we don't even respect our boundaries and we won't even respect other people's boundaries then you become that person who's just all up in people's boundaries and you don't respect anybody's boundaries simply because you don't respect your own boundaries. So before we go around putting the boundary sign, we first have to start with ourselves. Am I respecting my own boundaries to myself? And here's a good almost definition or quote that I found about boundaries. Boundaries are not drawn to keep something out, but to protect what's in. I love that so much because 
we think of boundaries as walls and it's it's a very big difference a wall is this is shut nobody can come in it's just my space it's isolation it's i'm, I'm shutting you out boundaries is saying i think let's think of boundaries as a window it's hey closing the window but i can see you i love you hi oh let's open the window now versus a wall where it's i don't see you don't want to see you so i think we need to look at boundaries that way it's to protect you it's to protect your emotions it's to protect your feelings it's to protect your yourself your inner child from from just spaces and feelings that um that may cause cause more harm than than anything so as mentioned it's not walls towards other people or walls towards yourself but it's rather just just protection you know it's to protect what's inside of you so that the outside world doesn't tarnish our innocence another quote that i love that i found says i set boundaries to respect myself not to offend you so even with our loved ones as we communicate our boundaries it's just nice to let them know to know that this is not about you. It's not about upsetting you. It's not about making you feel like you're an abuser of some sort, but it's about respecting myself, respecting my feelings, respecting how I feel about myself, respecting how I, I, I take care of myself and just really listening to my emotional, physical and, and, and all the needs that I have. Because ultimately, what's the point of working so hard on ourselves, advocating and going to therapy, going to the gym and doing all the work and being the girl only for one interaction to come and bulldoze all the work we've done simply because we said, hey, come on in, do what you need to do. So those boundaries are sometimes very uncomfortable, but they are very necessary. As usual, I came up with some examples, some examples of what boundaries can look or sound like. So here's some. Saying no and not explaining it. I know I haven't mastered it. Every time I say no, I almost want to explain that no, I'm saying no because this, this is, but no is an answer. And I look at my kids. Sometimes I'll ask Zani, Zani, can mommy have a kissy? And he'll say no and not explain. And I'm sitting here waiting. Why can't I get a kissy? Is it because I made you sad? Oh, he'll say it's smiling because right now that's not what he wants to do. And it's okay. And most times I'm actually not even offended. I appreciate that he's honest enough to protect his space, but to also lovingly communicate that that's not what he wants to do in that moment. So as adults, we have to practice it. For me saying no, I need a good day or two to rehearse it. <laughs> Sometimes standing in front of the mirror and just saying, no, no, I can't do it. No, I'm not available. Writing it in notes, sending it, practicing it out loud until I get the confidence and taking a deep breath and just saying it and literally want to run away and hide and feel like covering myself from the world. But after that, I feel such a sense of relief versus saying yes in the moment and pleasing someone and then feel terrible for the next three months. So yeah, no kind of is that like instant, it's like that not doing the instant gratification thing because instant gratification will be saying yes to please the person so that you don't feel under pressure but then you crumble later versus just saying okay let me face these feelings let me face this confrontation right now let me get uncomfortable and then i can be free later and then another boundary is finding your identity outside of the relationship like mentioned with me getting married when i got married 
my identity was in my husband. Um, it wasn't necessarily in a very unhealthy way, but I think had it continued, um, it would have become unhealthy for both him and, my, and myself. I wouldn't have had friends and I would have needed him to be my everything, which I find is very exhausting in the beginning of relationships where you just want your one partner to be your everything. Like get some girlfriends, get some co-workers, acquaintances, get a puppy, a cat, I don't know, something, a journal, so that you don't put the burden on that one person it's okay to have someone be there for you for everything but they can't be your i'm watching this show partner i want to go for a run partner i want to cry i want to laugh I, I, nobody can be your everything and i think with the sooner we're okay with that the better but it also goes with the self-love thing that if you love yourself you and you're okay with yourself when someone can't meet a certain need you know that it's not a reflection of you and it's not necessarily a bad thing from them but it's just a boundary that they don't have the capacity and you just have to look within yourself and look into your to your, the to the rest of your circle how can you have that that need met so finding your identity outside of a relationship i think is very important not neglecting your relationship not not having a different world or a different life but just have your own hobby have your own friends, um, have your own things that you like, your own show that you like, but obviously not detrimental to your, to your marriage, your relationship, or your, your friendship. Okay, and then this is an example um, of what a boundary can communicate by saying, I am different to the other people in my family, so of course I need different boundaries. So that's something you can say to yourself where you feel a little out of place with your family and they're more easygoing with certain things or certain conversations and you're not and you feel like you need to conform because it's Easter holidays or it's December, it's Christmas and I need to be part of this. It's okay to say, hey, I'm different from everybody else, therefore I'm allowed to have different boundaries. It doesn't make you an outsider, it doesn't make you someone who rejects your family, it makes you someone who loves himself and who loves their family and who respects themselves. So that's something you can say to yourself and practice all on your way to family. Another thing you can say at work, I'm honored that you asked me to help, but I'm unable to add anything else to my workload. Yeah, this one is kind of tricky one, right? Because you want to be the person who goes the extra mile and you really should. There's times where you go the extra mile, where you do extra, but there's times where something else needs your attention right now or you're tired or you've planned to have this movie marathon or this series marathon and someone says, can you quickly do this for me? And for them, it sounds like it's like, can you quickly do this for me? But for you, staying five minutes later at work means 30 more minutes in traffic, getting home, not being able to make dinner, not being able to watch your series. So it's okay to say, I'm honored that you asked me to help you, but I'm unable to add anything else to my workload. So hopefully you have great coworkers or acquaintances or people who respect that boundary as long as it's communicated out of respect and, and out of love. The last thing I want to share is um, with, with people who want to spend time with you. I know I'm a bit of a loner, so this one is a bit hard to communicate, but I'm learning. And if someone wants to spend time with you, you can say, I do want to spend time with you. And right now, I need some time alone to recharge and rejuvenate, right? How cute and wholesome and oh, how kind and loving does that sound? I'm, I do want to spend time with you. And right now, I need some time alone to recharge. 
guys, we are allowed to reject invitations. I, I think I, I had a conversation about someone saying, I need to reject an invitation for a wedding because I simply can't afford to fly myself out there to get an outfit and you don't want to be a burden. And it's, it's a tricky one. It's a complex one. So I'm not giving a yes or no. But the person I was talking to said, I actually had to decline with love. I had to decline the invitation with love because had I said yes, I would be in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, tricky financial position right now so it kind of sucks that they weren't there but it's a protection for everyone so but like i said situations are different um, and when it comes to to time and needing time to yourself it's okay to say right now i can't can we make plans for later or to just say i need time to rejuvenate yeah because i realize sometimes i get myself in a hole by saying can we try next week knowing very well next week's not looking as good either so it's okay to take some time out and say i'd love to spend time with you but just not right now and when you do have time let us be intentional then for about making time for the people we absolutely love and then lastly um i believe that our relationships be it friendships with our children, with our partners, our parents, can only be as good as our relationships with ourselves. So if I, I mentioned this, if you don't love yourself, if you don't appreciate yourself, if you don't um, respect yourself, it's very hard to receive love from others, to receive appreciation, to receive validation, and to even give it out. So the best place to start when it comes to this whole love thing is with self. And I love that in his book, um, Jay Shetty speaks about solitude first before he goes into everything else. And obviously the book is how to find it, keep it, and let it go. So love is, an, is a cycle in itself, but um, let's get into the book and hear what he says. And I want to close off with a beautiful Bible verse that I know a lot of us know and it's in Matthew 22 verse 37 to 39 and Jesus replied you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment a second is equally is equally important love your neighbor as yourself and I love how this verse has broken down the whole essence of love Love, Mary Ann, Williams, Mary, Mary Ann Williamson speaks about how love is the only real thing that exists. And here the word says, in order to love God, you need to love him with everything in you, with our mind, our souls, and our entire being and our hearts. So everything that we embody is love. And so we operate in love. And, and love is the most important, is the most important thing, is the most important place to start from. So how important is it to start by loving God and asking God to teach us how to love ourselves? And then the word says it's equally as important to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So it's not saying that love your neighbor more or what, but it's the way you love yourself, you should love your neighbor. And I truly believe that if we love God, we love ourselves and we love our neighbor, we've figured out this love thing. I mean, it's a cycle and it's a whole lot of boundaries and things happening. But at the end of the day, the question should be, Am I operating from love or am I operating from fear? Because only two of those, those two things exist. It's operating from love, operating from fear. So yeah, with yourself, with your partner, your friends, your whoever is in your life, you need to always ask yourself, am I operating from a place of love? Even in your work, am I operating from a place of love or am I operating from a place of fear? Where there is love, there is no fear. And so, yeah, that is just my short little conversation on love. I'm very heavy on the self-love, um, not selfishly, but in a way that it serves you and it serves those around you. So hop on to our book. 
I'd, let, I'd like to know your thoughts on love, um, especially because it's such an emphasis in this month. Um, what does love look like to you right now? Does it look like loving on yourself? Does it look like giving more love, opening yourself to love, or maybe just protecting yourself a little bit, protecting your heart and loving your heart a little more? I want to know. And also, how was your Valentine's Day? Thank you guys for tuning into Wisdom and Wellness. I'm so excited to meet you guys in a few days. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to read with you guys. And I'm just excited to continue to grow with our community. I see the growth. I feel the love. And I am I'm so happy to be part of this wonderful community. I'll see you guys next week. This episode is brought to you by Discam.